from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What You Have to Understand, hosted by Joe, written by Joe, podcasted by Joe, investigated by Joe, and developed for television by Joe. What You Have to Understand, brought to your ear holes by Joe. Thank Joe later. Cue explosions. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of What You Have to Understand. I'm your host, Joe. And today we're going to talk about the unsolved murder of Ken McElroy. Ken Rex McElroy was a resident of Skidmore, Missouri. Uh, He died on July 10th, 1981, in front of the D&G Tavern on Skidmore's main drag. The cause of death was two bullet wounds from two different rifles. And to this day, his murder is unsolved. First, let me give you a little background on Ken uh, and the events that led up to his death. Ken McElroy was a well-liked local man who loved kids and dogs and wouldn't hurt a fly. Well, okay, not really. Uh, Ken McElroy was actually a pedophile, arsonist, thief, and a whole lot of other things. He was a town bully, and he never hesitated to threaten or hurt anybody who got in his way. He'd shot at least four people, none of them fatally as far as I know, but you know, there might have been other people that he did kill, but we don't know. He was just generally a violent, ill-tempered guy. Uh, let me tell you about Skidmore, Missouri. Uh, it was a tiny town of about 450 people back in the early 1980s when Ken's murder took place. Uh, it's about 100 miles north of Kansas City. It's got two paved streets and no traffic lights. Uh, D&G Tavern was on Elm Street, just east of Smith Street. If you're on Street View looking at it, I'm sure half of you are, the D&G is that low white building with metal siding and blue trim. Uh, it's no longer the D&G Tavern, so the sign is gone, but the building, last I checked, is still there. 
Uh, besides the tavern, Skidmore has a small mom and pop store. Excuse me, had it's the store is not there anymore. It had a small mom and pop store, a cafe, and a gas station. The gas station is also gone. I mean, it's still there, but it's no longer a gas station. They've kind of fallen on hard times. Apparently, they've lost some population. Uh, anyway, let's get back to Ken. Ken McElroy was a one-man crime spree, and I think he had two real jobs his entire life, and he didn't hold on to those for very long. He mostly made his living by stealing stuff, uh, and he always seemed to have a lot of money. And in fact, not long before he died, he bought himself a brand new Chevy Silverado pickup and paid cash for it. So apparently he was getting money from somewhere. Uh, he's, his main specialty was rustling cattle and hogs, and after his death, local law enforcement noted that rustling in the county, and actually in all of northwestern Missouri, dropped way down. Uh, he did have one legitimate job, which was training and selling coon hounds, and I, I'm told that he was actually a good dog trainer. He bet he didn't do that full time. Ken was the 13th of 14 children. He grew up poor. His family moved to Skidmore in the 1940s, uh, bought 175 acres of farmland with a, a house on it about four miles southeast of Skidmore. So the house was, I think, three or four bedrooms, so it was probably kind of crowded in there with 14 kids and two parents. Ken took up stealing animals before he was 18. He uh, bought an old Ford sedan, took the back seat out, reinforced the floor with plywood, and he added a switch so he could shut the brake lights off, and then started going around at night stealing hogs all over the northwest corner of Missouri, and sometimes he'd venture as far as Kansas and Iowa. Later on, Ken had enough money to buy himself a horse trailer, and he started stealing cattle and sometimes horses. When Ken got caught stealing, and he occasionally did, he would use violence and threats to keep himself out of jail. There was one time a farmer caught him stealing two horses, and the farmer reported it to the police, and he filed charges. So Ken McElroy went to see the farmer, and basically with a rifle, and butt-stroked him in the face with it. The farmer dropped the charges, and so Ken got off again. Ken married his first wife when he was 18. She was 16, but being married didn't stop him from philandering. When he was 20 or so, he started dating a 13-year-old girl named Donna, who eventually got pregnant and gave birth to a boy. By the time that this, this kid was born, Ken was dating a 15-year-old girl named Sharon, and uh, they had a rocky relationship. Uh, they, ha they were having an argument. He shot her in the neck with a shotgun, uh, which didn't kill her, but it did leave her with scars. Um, and eventually, Ken divorced his first wife and married Sharon. And yes, you heard that right. The guy that shot you, you married him. <laughs> Sharon wound up having two kids by Ken, a boy and a girl. Uh, by the time the girl was born, Ken McElroy was regularly beating her, and he'd found himself a new girlfriend, a 13-year-old named Sally. This was around 1961, so Ken would have been about 27, dating a 13-year-old. Eventually, uh, Ken moves Sally into the farmhouse with him, his parents, his, his wife Sharon, yeah, really, uh, and their kids. Uh, Sally had three kids, and Sharon had two more. Ken wound up having a lot of kids. During this period, Ken was also seeing another underage girl named Alice Wood. In 1964, he, looked, he left the family and took up with her. He beat her, got her pregnant, etc., the usual stuff, and eventually she left the farm with her son and moved in with her mom and stepfather in St. Joseph, which is a town not too far away. Uh, Ken McElroy called the stepfather, uh, whose name was Otha Embry, and said he was coming to get his son and that he would kill anybody who got in his way. Embry told him to pound sand. McElroy shows up not long after with a rifle, and he shot Embry in the thigh through his living room window. 
McElroy was arrested for felonious assault, uh, but there was no case without Embry's testimony. So he started calling Embry and threatening him to kill him, his wife, his kids. Uh, he also followed him in his car. He'd drive slowly past his house or sometimes park outside. And finally, Ken McElroy found Embry in a bar in St. Joe and threatened him with a knife. When that didn't get results, he left and went to his car and got a shotgun, came inside, shot the floor by Embry's feet, and Embry still refused to drop the charges. So Ken stormed out. Uh, he wound up getting arrested, but the charges were dropped because none of the people in the bar would testify against him. So I'm assuming he had a chat with all of them, too. Oath Embry eventually dropped his felonious assault charge. Uh, I, I'm assuming that he thought that Ken would probably kill him if he didn't, so probably best to do so. Uh, not long after this incident, Alice came back to live on the farm. But by this time, Ken McElroy had a new girlfriend, Trina McLeod. She was 12. Uh, Ken was in his mid-30s by this time. She got pregnant at age 14 and moved on to the McElroy farm. And, of course, Ken was abusive and violent with both Alice and Trina. And at one point, they took their kids and left him and went to stay at Trina's parents' place. McElroy went and got them and basically forced them to come back to the farm. Uh, he beat Trina so badly, he broke her nose and cheekbones. And then he got himself a can of gas and made Trina go back with him to her parents' house. He went inside, splashed gasoline all around, and torched the place. And then they headed back home. At this point, you're probably wondering, why hasn't somebody shot Ken already? Uh, other people wondered about that later. After Ken's death, the local Church of Christ minister, Tim Warren, said to a reporter, and I quote, quote, my only regret about what happened to Ken Rex McElroy is that somebody didn't kill him sooner, unquote. You got that? Town minister is glad he's dead. Oh, back to our story. Anyway, Trina had to go to a doctor for her injuries. Um, he was so appalled, he called juvenile authorities because, that's right, at this point, Trina was still technically a child. She and her son were put in foster care. McElroy was facing charges of rape, arson, and brandishing a deadly weapon. Ken was uh, facing a little legal trouble by this point, but then his lawyer went to work. His lawyer, Gene McFadden, once said that Ken McElroy was his favorite client because he was punctual, he always paid cash, and he always came back. And you can certainly see why. Uh, he used his usual strategy of getting court delays and continuances, basically strung it out so long that by, after a while, Trina came back. She got bored with being in foster care. And so she returned, and Ken McElroy divorced his wife, Sharon, and married Trina so that she couldn't be compelled to testify against him. And she also signed a statement saying that Ken McElroy was guilty of nothing and that she'd been lying before when she said that he had been beating her and raping her and committed arson. So that kind of got him out of that squeak. The next major incident was in 1976 when McElroy shot a neighboring farmer named Romaine Henry. Uh, he shot him twice in the stomach and the, sh and the head with a shotgun. Luckily, luckily, most of the shot didn't actually hit Henry. And the gun was loaded with birdshot, too. Uh, he had to go to the hospital. McElroy was arrested. And once again, his lawyer went to work and got the trial delayed until 1977. In the meantime, McElroy harassed Henry by driving slowly past his house or parking and shining a spotlight into his windows. Uh, somebody, I'm guessing Ken McElroy, put sugar into the gas tanks of Henry's tractors. At the trial, his lawyer, Gene McFadden, produced two witnesses who swore under oath that they had been with Ken McElroy at his house at the time of the shooting. So he got off again. And then time goes by. There were, of course, all kinds of minor incidents. But the next big one happened in April 1980. Uh, this was kind of the beginning of the end for McElroy. Two of his daughters went into the B&B &B store, which was just around the corner from the D&G Tavern, 
It was owned by Bo and Lois Bowenkamp. Uh, the oldest McElroy daughter, Debbie, was a teenager. She bought cigarettes and cookies, and on, her, and on their way out the door, the younger one, Olita, who was five, grabbed a few pieces of candy from a rack. When the store's clerk said something about the candy, Debbie grabbed it from Olita, threw it back into the rack, and stomped out of the store. A little later, McElroy and his wife, Trina, who was by this point about 25, they showed up. McElroy had himself a knife. Um, Trina did most of the talking, which basically consisted of chewing out the Bowen camps and their, and their clerk. And finally, Lois Bowenkamp had had enough. She told them to leave the store and never come back. Nobody in the McElroy clan was welcome in the store anymore. Well, that didn't set well with Ken McElroy. Another campaign of harassment and intimidation started. He once again would drive slowly past their house or park outside their house. One night he got out and fired a shotgun into the air. Two days later, he came back and fired the shotgun again twice this time. This kind of stuff went on for months. And then one night in July 1980, Bo Bowenkamp, who, by the way, did I mention he was about 69 when this happened? He was on the loading dock at the rear of the B&B store when Ken McElroy drove up in his pickup. He got out with a double-barreled shotgun and shot Bo in the neck. Bo survived. Uh, McElroy was arrested, again, by a state highway patrol officer and taken in. He posted bail and began a campaign of harassment against the officer and his family. Also, the local minister fell out of favor with him. Uh... The minister went and saw Bo Bowenkamp in the hospital and also went to see Lois Bowenkamp to uh, just, you know, give her a little a little support. Uh, when McElroy found out about this, he was upset, and so he started uh, harassing Tim Warren. He told him at one point on the phone that he was going to castrate him and then cut his little boy to pieces in front of him. So Tim Warren, and did I mention he was a minister? Yeah, he started carrying a gun. Um, the officer's wife, remember that patrol officer I talked about, well, started getting threatening calls. His daughter worked at a store in Maryville, which is a town not too terribly far away. Ken McElroy got into the habit of showing up at the store, and he'd load up a shopping cart, totally full of stuff, wheel it over to her checking station, and once he'd start ringing stuff up, he would walk out of the store. Meantime, his lawyer kept getting the trial delayed, so McElroy had lots and lots of months to threaten Bo and Tim Warren and everybody else. He would sit in the D&G Tavern and talk openly about killing Bo. He would also sit outside the B&B store in his truck and scare away customers, and the B&B's business did drop off by quite a bit. Eventually, the trial finally happened. Uh, on June 25, 1981, McElroy was convicted of second-degree assault, and he was sentenced to two years in prison. But the law allowed him to remain free during the appeal process, so he was still free to walk around. Four days after that, McElroy was in the D&G Tavern when Trina walked in with an M1 Garand rifle with a bayonet on it and handed it to Ken. That's... Uh, at this point, Ken actually was not supposed to be in possession of a gun because of the terms of his uh, of his bail. He was essentially out on bail during the appeal thing. Ken McElroy chambered around and started making jabbing motions in the air with the rifle and his bayonet, saying he was going to shoot Bo Bowenkamp in the face with it. And a local farmer named Pete Ward left the tavern with his sons at this time and shortly after took up station on the road between the D&G Tavern and Bo Bowenkamp's house. And he had a rifle. He said his plan was to kill McElroy if he, has, if he was headed over to the Bowen Camp house. And luckily for Ken McElroy, he didn't head that direction when he left the DNG, so he lived for another day. Okay, I, met, I, I mentioned already that McElroy was out on bond and he violated the terms of the bond with the rifle. The prosecutors filed a motion to revoke that bond, and a hearing was set for July 10th. That was, of course, the day that Ken got shot. A bunch of locals showed up in town that morning to drive over to the town of Bethany, which is where the hearing was going to take place. Their plan was to support the witnesses um, who had actually seen the rifle brandishing. 
When they showed up, they found out that McElroy's lawyer had gotten the hearing postponed for 10 days. Needless to say, that was upsetting to everybody. Everybody went over to the American Legion meeting hall nearby, and uh, they called the county sheriff and asked him to come by. He showed up about 20 minutes later and advised everybody to keep an eye on McElroy and keep a call list so that if Ken showed up at somebody's house, then they could summon help from others quickly. And then the sheriff uh, got in his car and left town. Around this time, McElroy and Trina arrived in town and went into the D&G. Word got over to the guys in the meeting hall, and somebody said, let's go have a beer. The crowd headed over to the D&G, and they found Ken and Trina drinking a beer. And I don't know if Ken was intimidated or not, but I hear Trina was. McElroy finished his beer, bought a six-pack to go, and left. Um, At about the same time, two or three people were outside forming an action plan. Reports vary as to the number. Uh, These guys got rifles out of their trucks. Remember, this is farm country, so people are driving around with rifles in their pickup trucks. The crowd in the DNG followed Ken McElroy out into the street. Ken got into his truck and started it, and then a number of shots rang out, two of which hit Ken McElroy, one in the neck and one in the head. Uh, and he went off to that big trailer park in the sky. His foot stomped down on the gas pedal and stayed there, and the truck basically sat there running at full throttle for a little while until it finally seized up and quit. And about 45 minutes later, somebody got around to calling an ambulance. Now, here's our mystery. At least two dozen people were there on the street in Skidmore that morning. Uh, And according to some accounts that I've read, there may have been as many as 60 people. But nobody saw the shooters. So this one is a real head-scratcher. How could it be that Ken McElroy was gunned down in broad daylight by two, maybe three guys, in front of dozens of people, and yet nobody happened to notice who pulled the triggers? Well, there are some theories out there. But before we start discussing our theories, I'd like to introduce a couple of guests. Um, My guests are uh, Steve and Devin from another podcast. Guys, come on out. Hey, Joe. Hey. How you guys doing? Uh, you know. Good. Yeah? Fine. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, so you guys are on a podcast, right? Y- yeah. Yeah, you, you're, you're just there important. like... All right, let's talk about theories. Okay. Well, the theories that have been floated, uh, first theory, UFOs. What do you guys think about that one? It's always the aliens. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but as you know, when alien abductions happen, they're always accompanied by memory loss. Um... Yeah, so I'm thinking that perhaps there was a UFO nearby blasting the town with brain-wiping rays at the moment that shooting was taking place. Well, I mean, here's the dealio about that. It's just, that's just, it's silly. I mean, it's, uh, it's somebody hinky. would have remembered it. Uh, well, one person actually did claim to remember it. Oh, yeah, that was. Trina. I'm sorry, I just I read the Wikipedia page on this thing. I didn't do any. Any research further than that? I actually uh-huh. just skimmed that summary at the uh-huh. top. That's I know. all. I'm I know. So that's all I... you. That's pretty much all you ever do. I, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so the, the one person who saw, it, who witnessed it, was Trina, uh, who said she saw Del Clement, who was co-owner of the D&G Tavern, pulling a rifle out of his pickup truck. Um, she was sitting inside Ken's truck at the time. So what I'm thinking happened is maybe the metal in the cab roof was shielding her from the brain-wiping rays. Oh, from the what UFO. You... Oh, the, yeah. the UFOs wiped the brain waves they didn't have anything to do with the actual murder yeah no they they're just yeah that's our that's our mystery here is uh, how could there have been I no witnesses but here's so the dealio with present. that is people put on the tinfoil hats 
But the, the roof of the truck doesn't work as a tinfoil hat because it's got windows all around. Mm, that's fair. All right, let's talk about our next theory. Our next theory, uh, squirrels. Uh, there are squirrels in Skidmore, and, and uh, a lot of people did say something in the order of they were looking at the squirrels and didn't notice the two guys with rifles. Because they're, what, obscenely cute? Well, they are cute. I like squirrels. They're little chupacabras. Nah, no, they're not. Yeah. All right, so squirrels. Devin, you got any thoughts on squirrels? Um, They're cute. They are cute. Oh. Okay, let's move on. Our next theory. Ergot, uh, this grain mold causes hallucinations and such. I've talked about this before. Uh, it's, you know, it's everybody's favorite go-to theory for things like the Mary Celeste and everything else. Here's what you have to understand. Hey, that's mine. Okay. Oh my okay. Um, so, did did the town share a, a, a common bread source? I mean, were they all eating the same bread? Well, they were buying their bread at the B and B store. So, yeah, it's it's. I think very likely the supply was tainted by Ergot, and they were all high as kites and not really in a position to remember their own names, much less who killed who. Hmm. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, ostensibly, I guess. I um, I don't know. I'm gonna go with squirrels. You guys have a you guys have a favorite? I think that dude was just a huge, f- and everybody wanted him dead. Uh, that's, that's a little out there, don't you think? A little bit. Yeah. I think you're reaching on that one. Hmm. Mm. I'm going. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sticking with squirrels. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, in the aftermath, uh, just about everybody in town it's was interrogated weird. by the police, yeah, really and no one saw like a it. thing. It is totally Later on, totally the like FBI came here. in, and they took a stab I'm at it. I'm very, very uncomfortable uh, with this situation. Hey, hey, I'm talking here. This is my show, remember? All right, let's, uh, let's get back. Oh, yeah, the FBI. Yeah, the FBI, nobody saw a thing. Once again, uh, various grand juries looked into it. They declined to indict anybody, despite Trina's claim that Del Clement was one of the gunmen. For his part, Del Clement said, quote, boys... I wish I could say I'd done it, because he sure had it coming, but I didn't, unquote. And I'm taking his word over Trina's. I think she must have hallucinated that. There was another local named David Dunbar who told reporters, quote, To be honest with you, my only regret about the way Ken Rex died is that I didn't pull the trigger myself, unquote. So, so ends the story of Ken McElroy. Killed by Invisible Gunman. All right, at this point in the show, this is when I tell you where to find me, uh, find my email, find my Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that. Just Google the most awesome guy in the world. You'll find me. Uh, And now you guys, you guys had something. You wanted to talk about your podcast a little bit, Yeah, well, since you left us, we have to do a new one. So Uh, we've been working on some material. Yeah, so we brought that. You said you'd let us. I forgot to tell you that uh, on my way out the door, I stole a tape that had a lot of embarrassing moments on it. Great. Oh, no. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks, Joe. Uh-huh. Yeah, your lives are over. Cue explosions. Oh, no, your book. My little black book. Your little black book that uh, ruins everything. Some people have little black books with, you know, names and phone numbers in them. Mine are full of all these weird details Very about nuts. crazy cases. It's going to be awesome when you die and somebody <laughs> finds that. Yeah. They're going to be like, wow, this dude was crazy. Yeah. I mean, where'd you get that? I need to get one of those. Uh, I think Orders? I got it at Powell's. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. No, it's got little uh, illustrations of shootings to try and figure out angles and stuff oh, in it. I my you God. not. Uh, it's all in there. Okay, uh, let's do this thing. Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, all right. Okay, then, Stevie. <coughs> Whatever you say. Uh, in, but until 19,000... Excuse me. Until 19,000. <laughs> 19,000. Uh, 19, yeah. Okay, let's try that again. Until 2,000.
really, really fast. Yeah, yeah, no, no putzing around. What I want, what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what I really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, really, 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 I thought he was the royal consort. Prince Philip is the royal consort. 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 Yeah. Concert. He's the royal consort. <laughs> it's the greatest show on earth. Yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> Pyrotechnics galore. Encore. No, the, the... So it's a. Uh... That was a response to what? It just says, can't wait for the Thinking Sideways 100th podcast. Oh. I'm already right. hyped. Okay. Y'all gonna make me. Okay, you guys ready? Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me lose my cool. Royal family. All right, uh, you want to start the recording there? Looks like oh, we are recording. God, you are. All right. I know when I'm being hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not bashful about it either. Mm-hmm. And 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 humble. Humble. Totally, mm-hmm. totally humble. Okay. Let's assume it was an acular. An acular. <laughs> an acular? I've never seen an acular. Oh, acular I'm so nuclear. worried about saying nuclear the wrong way that I'm just saying everything else the wrong way. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm host. No, excuse me. I'm Joe. <laughs> okay. I'm host. I know. I am host? I am host. <laughs> That's supposed to be like, you. I am your host or something like that. I am host, no, no, joined no. by Ed yeah. <laughs> and Barr. Mm-hmm. Let's start over from the top. Okay. Of this group is a man by the name of Shaozen Yamashita. Who... What is that, Yamashita? It's Yamashita. It is? I thought it was Yamashita. 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 <clears throat> you remember Yamashita's gold? I do, but that's how she told me it was pronounced today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, <clears throat> we'll just call it Yamashita. And... No, okay. just call it Yamashita and yeah. let Yamashita, it go. Yamashita, that's okay. fine. In 1989, a Swedish immigrant... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That wasn't 1989, was it? No. <laughs> it was 1898. <laughs> In 1998 on VH1. On VH1. On my super sweet 16. Yeah. All I'm doing is tapping the cable. Yeah. It's rattling the connections. So no touchy touchy. I'll try. If I do do it, I'll call it out. This is fun. <laughs> Are you yeah. making music? Yeah. <laughs> or destroying our equipment? Both. <laughs> Why are they mutually exclusive, Steve? Well, it's time for new gear anyway. It's a very black and white world I live in, Devin. Is it? I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. Sometimes I just like to hit record as soon as the mixer's plugged in, just in case. <laughs> so that's that's been happening. I know. Mm-hmm. I have noticed this. I'm okay with it. Ma'am, yes. Yeah, I found the female officers really appreciate it when you call them sir. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Usually how you end up getting beat up. You want to compliment their breasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, 
You want to just be like, yeah, sir, no problem. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. officer. Wauga, <laughs> It's just the this. <laughs> the staring downwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Look like one of those rap guys' girlfriends, but I don't know. Who understands those rap guys? She's like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt, it's just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's like out there and it's gross. Who's Look, it's just so about? black. I like big butts, I cannot lie. Sir Mixolacho. Uh, I can't uh, believe you knew that entire thing by heart. Oh, no, no, I know the entire song by heart. So is that your, your like, your favorite karaoke song i don't do karaoke but i think that you should karaoke, karaoke that. i do do that a song five foot tall white woman mm-hmm. yeah. no i do doing it that would mm-hmm. be awesome yeah. yeah call me and let me know so i can videotape <laughs> no i do it i genuinely that's my song okay can we start this yes and a lot of people believe that the springfield threes bottles are in that concrete that their bodies not their bottles. Remains. What did I say? I said, said bottles. bottles. You said bottles. Yeah. God. <laughs> they're, they're a slowly aging one. They are. At this point. Yeah. It's like when someone's trying to make themselves throw up where they're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and you're like, that's not going to help you. Like, you just making a noise isn't going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> You sound like a Blah. stupid ghost. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, sir. Uh, Not that I sneeze yet. All right, are you okay. ready? Uh, you okay? Yeah, oh yeah. Too spooky for me. I know, seriously. I'll get my night law on it. This is uh, Thinking Sideways, if you didn't know, the podcast. Yeah. Um, Can we start over again? I just buggered that all up. What did you do? <laughs> he was going to say nightlight, and then he said, my nightlight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my nightlight. Okay, yeah, yeah. stop. So I'm just, uh, yeah. Okay. okay, I'll start again. I save when I pause, sir. Okay. Gerard Croissette. Uh-huh. Croissette. Uh, it's actually Gerard Croissette. 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 Please put this in bloopers somewhere. Yeah. So people can oh, hear how hard. Story. So people this can is hear. why I don't do accents. I know. This is why people need to hear how hard we try. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah, I was able to find a pronunciation for this guy's name on the, on the interwebs. Okay, yeah. let's just let's, talk. let's start talking about Croissant. this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Croissant. All right. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I like how sometimes Joe, it's like it's like when you take a bite of your chips in a quiet room and you go. <laughs> well, you know, you get those people that sit behind you in the theater and they're unwrapping a candy bar and they're trying to do it ultra quiet. Yeah, like you know? I just, I mean, don't you just, I mean, don't you just want to like, I just, yeah, I just want to grab like, it and just be like, no. Nah! <laughs> yep. All yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> It's okay because this whole story is just a giant <laughs> show. Uh, no. It is the yeah. whole thing. That's why we're doing it. It's oh, a lot of horse. Shit. I love it. I love it. I love it. Guano. Guano, it's Guano. Festival. Guano Fest. Do you want the map? 
Yeah. Phone's on silent. Testing. Oh. oh. My phone is on do not disturb. Is Siri going to come on again? I don't know. Hey, Siri. I just like that two of the people are beep and meep. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Actually, it's not, it's not beep, it's Beth. I don't care. It's yeah. beep and meep. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Why but, did you save that till we're recording? Well, no, because I don't want to <laughs> offend people, and I don't want... I'm the mispronouncing offender. It's okay. I know, but I'm just saying he's going to say it first. I don't want to be the one who's like, ha, ah, beep and meep, because I got in so much trouble about the offhand sneeha. <laughs> mispronunciation i don't want to oh. like oh that was why did yeah the, the whole brother versus her naming yeah oh yeah yeah that's yeah, a microaggression that's why yeah. yeah i'm i'm really just racist yeah pretty much yeah that's true. Yep, wearing yeah. your wife beater <laughs> whatever you say hang on let me shift around over here okay ready you want to use a coaster under that thing man oh yeah because you're going to set it down it's gonna make a noise Give me a go. Like that. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> the son of the Poverty Island Lighthouse said that he watched a salvage crew. Uh, wouldn't it be the son of the Poverty Island Lighthouse Keeper? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Glad I was not recording when we were talking about my boyfriend's gang initiation. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Good. Let's go! Oh. <clears throat> okay. You alright? Hmm? Okay. No. Wait. Yeah? Okay, here we go. Huh? Yeah. Okay. What? Who's <laughs> on <Wow>. first? <laughs> oh. God damn it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> what were you saying? Sorry. I, I think with collective consciousness, it should just be an hour of silence. And if people can hear our thoughts, then great. Yeah, I and just want to collectively yeah. conscience. Conscious size. Is that not the word? Collectively conscious size. Okay. Butchering it's a word the now. English language. What? How do you say that? What's the like active verb of being conscious? To be conscious. Conscious. That's but so that's the infinitive of it's it. Conch. So I like, like the I shell. Just, oh, it's like the shell. That's why you can hear the shell when you hold it to your ear. It's just everybody else's thoughts. You don't know how to interpret it. I, you know, I, I am way too sober for that thought. Or you are high as a kite, one of the two. Drink I need beer, to get huh? yes. <laughs> you know that? When somebody's high and you're like, how high are you? And their response is yes. Yeah, that's, that's where I need to be right now. We should just perfect. get high and record an episode on collective consciousness. <sighs> it's legal here. Stop looking. I know. I, uh, I have a... Okay, so let's maybe do this. Can we this. please start? Do you, want me to, do you want me to pause it and save it and start it again? Just yeah. go. Just okay. go. Pause. 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 Boop. Okay, here we are. Ready? Ready. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Every Stop single it. time it's going to happen. I know. We're just not going to get it's this. Like oh, this. before I forget, I'm sorry. This is one last thing. I promise. Last thing. Just so you know, some of our listeners want us to release a like PG-13 slash R version of bloopers so they can hear how we actually speak. Mm. Just so you know. Just so you know. As a thought. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that. Boop. Well, I know, you, know, you talk like a longshoreman. Boop. So do I. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Not the balls. Not the balls. Let's go. All right. Yeah, but the, the, the Joyita was uh, a huge deal back in the 1920s. And, of course, after the, after the whole concept of Bermuda Triangle was floated. Uh, the Joyita? Did I say what? You, you said, said the Joyita. Did I say Joyita? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Um, I bumped my microphone. Mother <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So... I'll start the whole thing up. No, not the whole thing. Just uh, I will just do from the beginning of that sentence. That's yeah, all I'm Blair do. was a Canadian mm-hmm. man, yeah. It's hurt for Shire, I believe Great. is how you would say that. All right. I'm going to just let you guys say it. I think it's, it's just this Britain we're talking about. It's probably Hersher. 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 Yeah, Hersher. It's the Thames, right? Thames. Thames? God, the how? Thames. How do you... Whatever. How do I know that? No, just how does how do you get that pronunciation from that? Because the Brits are f***ed up and uh-huh. they were taught by the, the Romans. I can't wait for that to make the cut into... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's something on this. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, no, it doesn't Joe, matter. It doesn't Joe, matter. Just, Joe, we're, we're, matter. Let's, it's not. It's not major. It's bugging me now. No. We'll figure it out after uh, post podcast. Search your. Intro. All right, sounds good. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Serious okay. voice. Hey. There we go. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is dog. Mm. Okay. Ready. Yes, Walter Concrete. Okay. I was just checking Twitter. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, then again, oh, stop. Okay. <laughs> okay, stop. Let Devin get it. Get yourself okay, under I'm control. Fine. You good? Okay. Turned on. Whoa. <laughs> Devin's greatest hits. <laughs> no, I think that's my heart will go on. <laughs> All right. Let's get going here. Near, far, okay. wherever you are. Okay. Ow. Dogs three counties away yeah. are howling because of Joe. Sorry. All right. Are you ready? You want to go? Mm-hmm. The cycle of having enough food followed by short. <laughs> See, I told you it wasn't gonna work. Okay. All right, I'll I'll just do it now. All right, we're good. That's probably enough. At least according to Wikipedia. Okay. Which is all the fact checking I'm willing to do. And DeRose revealed that Ireland had been identified as a suspect shortly after the merge of Bridget O'Hara. I just said something very weird. She didn't merge get it? merged with no. anybody, Devin. <clears throat> well, hi there. Etc. <laughs> All right, that's it. Oh, I quit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna start my own podcast. Screw you guys. With yeah. with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, screw the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go pro. I'm gonna go professional. Be a gambler. There you go. It worked out so well for Lukey.